thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. All right, everybody. Hello. Hello. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. It has. Like, I don't even remember December, honestly. It's been such a blur, but I did not get to record during December. So it's been a long time. Yeah. It's we good missed to you. See you again. Well, tonight we are talking about the gateway shows of all gateway BTS shows, Carpool Karaoke. So we're going to do some deep dive and talk about why this is so beloved in the Army community. Yeah, I think that for all of us, I feel like this was a pivotal video. I don't know if it was all of our gateways. Megan, I think you had a slightly different gateway, but for everyone else, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I think that one thing just to like kick it off is that, you know, this came out in 2020 and it was the most viral American late night content that appeared that year. Um, BTS appeared on Carpool Karaoke on February 25th, 2020, during their media blitz for Map of the Soul 7, which had dropped on February 21st of 2020. And we all heard like about Map of the Soul 7 and the people that had tickets. And then the good old pandemic came in and just ruined everybody's lives. I can't imagine. I would have been so heartbroken. But BTS wasn't even on my radar then. So I did not watch this when it aired. I did not watch it live at all. I caught this on TikTok. Uh, the summer of 2021 when they were doing the permission to dance promotions and things like that. So when do you all remember watching it? I found it also in 2021. And it was for me, I had gotten into Stray Kids first because my daughter got into K-pop. So I got into K-drama in a big way in 2020. But my daughter got into uh, K-pop as kind of an adjacent thing. So we had something in common and I was really all in on Stray Kids. And then finally just decided to check out a little bit of BTS around like the Dynamite Hoopla. And I think that's when I first encountered this. I think then based on that timeline, I was probably shortly after you, maybe August of 2021. You would have been like August. I think we were about the same time because I feel like yeah. I was about August 2021. Yeah. So that it must, was, that might have been, yeah. That, yeah. Right before easy. the tickets and everything went down for permission to dance yes. Las Vegas or Los Angeles, which was September 2021 was like when yes. the tickets all went on sale. Yeah. So it was right around that time because I just remember watching the carpool karaoke and falling in love and then texting you about the tickets to be like hey (laughs) so this is happening and I had sort of seen the butter dynamite stuff but didn't really connect with that sound at that time but I love carpool karaoke 
And so I was just in my craft room one afternoon and was like, oh, I'll watch this. And then a whole rabbit hole opened up, as as we all know. It was Black Swan, but we'll get into that later. I think for, for me, I, I, as our listeners may remember, got into BTS because of you all. And so I saw it because Leah told me to watch it. <laughs> so, so again, it's all Leah's fault, but I'm grateful. <laughs> so it was, I saw it um, toward later in 2021, right after you all came back from Permission to Dance uh, Los Angeles. And we're talking about it on the Afternoon of Delight K-Drama podcast. At that time, I'd been into K-Dramas for a while too, ever since the pandemic started. And I was listening to lots of K-Drama OST music, but I had never tried any of the groups. I think I had this thing in my head, you know, oh, they're, you know, boy bands, girl bands. I'm so old, you know, they, I probably wouldn't like it. You know, I don't think I even really thought about it, to be honest. I didn't cognize it. And so, yeah, so that was like the, the rabbit hole just opened up, as, as we all know. <laughs> I think something that's funny for me when I think about carpool karaoke, like I remember watching it and just being like, I like it. Right. But it wasn't until I talked to Tanya about this the other night. I did not love them until the footage came out from PTD LA where they're singing, save me. And they're making fun of Jimin. Um, And they all do Jimin's move one after the other. And then Jimin walks by and like, they do it in front of him. And honestly that did it. That was like a solid, Okay, I'm in. I'm all the way in, jump in, saving pictures from my phone in a group chat with you all. Because while I love carpool karaoke and I we will talk about how endearing it is, it wasn't until they were making fun of each other that I was like, these are my guys. <laughs> these are my guys. Something similar happened to me. I, I was my favorite Korean content at the time before BTS was um, a variety show, a Korean variety show called Two Days in One Night, which I still love. And it's hilarious. And it's the thing I love about it so much is the friendships between the cast members. And and what you just said really reminded me that the way that they related to each other, their humor, um, but the, you know, but, but a kind humor, you know, they're kind to each other, but also ribbing each other and just having a, a wonderful time. And you could sense the the brotherhood and the deep love between them reminded me so much of the vibe of Two Days in One Night that I was like, oh, if I can combine that with music, I never need anything else again. <laughs> What blows oh, okay. me away about this? Oh, sorry, is oh, no, no, no. 103 million views on YouTube as that like I had it up this afternoon. 103 million views. That's incredible. And how many are you? About three million, I'm sure. Like <laughs> the number of times that I have watched this, and then when I started getting into BTS, I was teaching at a local university and I would like make all my students watch it. I was like, okay, your homework is to go home and watch BTS carpool karaoke. (laughs) That's what you need to do. I'm sitting here trying to think of how I can work it into my class. I'll find a way. (laughs) Exactly. It's like the extra credit. (laughs) But okay, let's get into like what makes this such a gateway for so many folks, at least in America, I think. What was something that struck you? And yeah, why do you think that for us in this country, it really like hit a nerve? First of all, they come off as so talented and so endearing. They're hysterical. They're laughing. They're making the jokes. They're in on the jokes. And I just thought that was really cool. I knew nothing about them going into any of their content. I didn't know. I didn't watch enough 
content of them to know like their personalities and now when I go back and watch it it like all makes sense that like this is their personality this is why this person is saying this this is why this person is joking you know that kind of thing but I think my favorite part is when Jin tells Suga and B they're everyone's laughing we should laugh too and then they do like this fake laugh that like now that if you're army you know that that is like their fake laugh in interviews but like before that I didn't know I just thought that was funny but I think that for people westerners or people that live in America or, or like English speakers um, what really does it for them is that BTS sang songs that weren't their song so they sang a Post Malone song they sang along to Bruno Mars as they're driving with James Corden and it really put their talent on display I love their version of Circles by Post Malone. Like if they put that out, I would buy it. You know what I mean? They just sang it so well. What I loved is they were so into it while they were singing. It just really showed that they love music as much as anybody else, which obviously we know that they should, they perform, they do all these things. But to see them find joy in music that isn't theirs was really fun. And I think that's what made made it relatable. And I just, you know, after watching that, I just had to find out everything there was to know about baby mochi so that that was it for me I think that sums it up really nicely the just the joy the joy in the car you know there's the joy in the singing the joy of being together um it, it, they just radiated it and I think of course the number one for me was I was just like who is the guy in the middle row in the middle seat <laughs> because the light coming off of him and of course, I'm talking about J-Hope, just blew me away. And that was my I need to know their names moment. I was like, I want to know right now, who is this guy? And I want to know all of them, but especially him. What is he about? What's his story? And we all know where that leads to. And of course, Jungkook's solo when they were singing on really blew me away, his vocal talent. And I just thought, wow, these guys are not really a boy group. They're something uh, in their own category there's no way to define this they're there this is something really really special and I and I'm all in now I want to check it out I had I had heard some of their songs but I think seeing them and getting a sense of their energy just changed it for me completely yeah and I think it just came at a really pertinent time I mean I think the reason why there's just this big influx of you know, baby army that came up during the pandemic is like really no accident, right? Because here we are in this time that was just joy was in short supply. And when BTS kind of like started to make the rounds a lot on like some of our like, yeah, more like established Western content, like the late night show, you know, show circuits and people were kind of had more free time to be paying attention. It was really easy to all of a sudden then go into a rabbit hole and be like, I guess I'm going to check out more BTS and wonder what else they have. And then you're like, oh my God, they have video footage that goes, they are the Truman Show essentially of K-pop. And so I think really that that's what it was, was like, yes, yes, Carpool Karaoke is delightful and they're fun and there's really fun rapport and, you know, music that's familiar to all of us. And what's really funny is in preparing for the podcast, I kind of just went through a couple of places to like read a little bit about other people's hot takes on carpool karaoke and I found something that made me laugh so hard and it it was people talking about BTS coming on carpool karaoke before it aired so it was like on reddit and people were like oh BTS is coming and there was one I took a screenshot of it so I want to read because this person's opinion 
did not age well. <laughs> I would say that there was not a lot of optimism from some folks about how well they were going to do. It is, the heading was, BTS carpool karaoke is not a good idea. This was posted to Reddit. And it was, for the first time ever, James won't be singing along to songs in carpool karaoke because his guests sing in a language that he doesn't speak. Also, can you imagine the interview? Complete silence on the boys' part since they don't understand anything James says. So RM will just do all the talking as is always the case. I'm expecting this to be as awkward as the Britney Spears one, if not more. <laughs> um, that person obviously doesn't know Yoongi because Yoongi's fluent. He just pretends he's not. If you watch but, old interviews, but like the whole thing is garbage. I'm just going to say like yeah, how rude. It was a, such a garbage take. And I think it also just really undervalues the fact of like the power of goodness and humility and like some self-deprecation goes a really long way. And that transcends any kind of language barriers as well. You know, Lee, I think you're right. There's self-deprecating humor in this whole thing, like in this whole video um, is so endearing to me. The fact that like they say, oh, I wa like I watch Friends and I didn't learn English or however that whole thing transpired. I love that because I'm I'm like the type of person that like I have to laugh at myself, you know, like I and I surround my pe myself with people that can laugh at themselves. And I just love that, that they were like, we're going into this and we're going to make it work. And when you go back, you know, whoever's listening to this right now, if you still haven't seen this clip and you watch it and then you go back and watch more content, when you go back to their content prior to this, you know, they did really well in interviews, you know, even before this carpool karaoke situation. I love the interview where they're talking about pickup lines and before RM can even translate, what's your favorite pickup line? <laughs> Yugi says, do you know BTS? And it's just so funny because it's like, I mean, yeah, that, that would be a great pickup line. So I don't know. It just, I, it really bothers me when people, I mean, it happens in my real life all the time. I'll tell you, but it just really bothers me when people discredit BTS because I'm like, mm, you need to open your ears a little bit more because it's, it's not just about their looks. I get it. Yes, it's a lot about their looks also, but I love music. And if I didn't love music, then I could understand that. But as a person who really loves music and has music in their life most of the time, it's a no brainer that you're a fan of BTS. They just, it's something that transcends, I think. And it doesn't bother me. Like the language, it, it has never bothered me. Allison, how about you? What jumped out for you right away? I think, like Tanya said, just the joy that seemed to radiate from the car. All of the members had so much fun together. And James had so much fun with the members. He was, you know, just laughing right along and joking around with Jin when Jin was like, oh, you're a joke guy. <laughs> when he was like, oh, that was my nickname in high school, too. And Jin said he was worldwide handsome. Just to echo everything that you have already said is, COVID times, I think we were pretty, you know, isolated at that time because well, when I was watching it that summer and just really wanting to laugh and have fun. And I didn't realize that they rapped and had such beautiful voices. And so it just really introduced me to all of the facets of their music and their personalities. You know, when you all were talking about this just now, it just reminded me now that we are on the other side of Jin going into the military. And we know so much more now than we did um, when FESTA happened this summer. 
about how long they waited to go into the military so that they could be putting out content for the world during the pandemic and how much of a difference it made in all of our lives. Now that we have more of that perspective, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I think that like that whole thing, even though I, none of us were a part of it at that time, you know, we were not army yet, or we were just kind of trickling into army because we're all locked in our houses basically. But during that time in the very early months, I wondered, what am I going to remember most about the pandemic? Am I going to remember being afraid? Am I going to remember being worried about getting the people I love sick? Am I going to be worried about not leaving my house or my kids being at school or whatever? And I am so glad that what I will remember is making these friendships with you guys and finding K-drama and finding BTS. And I, for them as a legacy, I mean, they, we did have seven downloads from Korea. So who knows? Maybe they are listening, <laughs> which would be awesome. But they might never know that. They may never understand that impact of their legacy. You know, they we've talked about they've been doing this for 10 years. But I think for those of us that got into BTS at this point in time, it was a very specific point in our lifetime. It was a very specific point in the span of their career that it had this type of impact and will have this lasting legacy. And I'm so grateful for that because it was... I mean, I've talked about it before. It was a dark time for me. Um, and I had a really hard time during the pandemic. And I just, like I've said before, I just remember that summer of, you know, 2021, a year and a half into this thing and Permission to Dance came out. And it was just so hopeful and so happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that light is so beautiful. Like they're so beautiful. So it's a beautiful light. But like, you know, thinking about that, that's, I mean, that's what I remember. And I'm very grateful for that. That's amazing. I remember when I, after I saw Carpool Karaoke and went down the rabbit hole and the first time I heard Life Goes On, I lost it. I just lost it. It had already been released at that time, of course. And I was diving through their their music and yeah, it just sums it up really well. That, <laughs> How much yeah, it means. <laughs> that is so true. And I don't, Um, I saw this on TikTok a while ago and I never went and like found the book but there is an author that wrote a YA novel called Zero O'Clock and it is about the pandemic and George Floyd and it's set in New York City and he was on GMA and he said I wrote this book because of BTS like I listened to that song and I that's what I did. So speaking of songs what is one of the songs in Carpool Karaoke that had you bopping along? For me, it was, uh, of course, Circles was was beautiful, but I just, I could not cope with the joy coming out of them during Dripping in Finesse. I, when they sang Bruno Mars, Dripping in Finesse, oh my God, I just, the way that they were just all dancing, basically, just dancing, basically, while they were seated and, and just going back and forth in the car and just the smiles and the joy. I mean, all of them had these huge smiles on their faces and their eyes were like almost closed because they were so happy. They were just so into it. That was my favorite just because of the energy, I think. It also shows their personalities. Like, so when you watch it the first time, you don't know that. So you're like, oh my God, they're so cute. And look what they're doing. And then later when you go back and watch and you see like the moves that each one of them are doing, you're like, oh yeah, okay see why you're doing that know why you're doing that it's it's so good I this, it's such a good clip I love it it's so dumb how I about you for, Allison I think for me it was mic drop which isn't a bop 
but I had no idea that they made that kind of music and I was so into it and just RM solo in that and he's in the front seat with the sunglasses on and I was just like okay this is it I love this whatever this is he was so cool uh, that that got me to I th- this is why it was just the accumulation of all of these things I just looked at him and I was like who is this cool guy it just the way he sounds I even his accent in English just he sounds cool <laughs> you know I don't know how he does that the way he was moving and his hand gestures and his little smile and everything and the his verse his English verse from the Steve Aoki remix is just so freaking cool totally um, so yeah, the song that I was loving was um, finesse, particularly when like they just bust it with like the Cardi B lines with like the big Bronx boogie got all the girls shook. And something that's really fun too is that Cardi B was apparently super into this as well. And afterwards, she tweeted this like meme of the SpongeBob SquarePants character Squidward's tentacles begging for change, and had a like like a little blurb that just said you know, I'm homeless and unemployed now because Hobie and June took my job. And she calls them Hobie and June, which is also really cool and means like maybe she's army too because she like knows the lingo. So that was really super fun. If she's calling them that, there's no way she's not army. I'll never believe anybody who tells me different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm All right, going to so- freaking love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna do mine really quick. Yeah, go. Um, And it's just Circles by Post Malone. And I love Post Malone, but I love them singing this song. And it's so funny because I just put on like a random playlist the other day when I was, was, not the other day, while I was like Christmas shopping last month, I put on like a random playlist and it had like a bunch of like trending artists or whatever, you know, popular artists and Circles came on and he didn't even like Post Malone didn't even start singing yet. And I was like, oh my God, I miss BTS. (laughs) So bad, you guys. It's, It's like Jin just left and dumb. Anyway. That was my favorite that they did. Still my favorite. So if you were having your own little carpool karaoke and like you got to be up in the front seat driving like James Corden, what's a song that you'd like to sing along with BTS to in your car? I don't know why, but the first song that came to mind was Make It Right. For me, if I'm doing carpool karaoke with them, one of their songs, it would have to be from Map of the Soul 7 because that's my favorite of their albums. And that song just gets me. Or... We are bulletproof. I have a whole list, but I, now that I look at it, it would have to be home because I love that song so much because like everybody's different part in it, but also Pied Piper because if they were all in my car, I would make them sing that song. I totally love that. I don't know why, but the first song that comes to my mind is Microcosmos. It has big soaring parts and the lyrics are just so beautiful. So I think it's funny because I went really differently and I was like, what else would I have them sing? and so I was picking some like big big power ballads that like I get down to my car so one of mine was take me to church by Hozier and I yeah like I really want to hear Jungkook actually Taehyung like putting his back into it for like the I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lies (laughs) and all that kind of stuff like I think it's a sexy this podcast took a turn right now yeah, I think it's a sexy song and I would just really like to see them like get down to it. And then I was also like maybe something fun and classic like Rio by Duran Duran or something. Like I was going for like not new pop either, just kind of like classic pop of like what I would think I would want to listen to if I was on a long road trip. It makes me think of like Carrie Styles 
my brother and uh, husband and I were like doing Harry Styles carpool karaoke last time we were in Colorado. <laughs> we're just like singing along. Like that would be a fun one for BTS to do with some Harry Styles. I mean, we saw at Christmas time, they do great Christmas music. Like why they don't have a Christmas album out, like print it with ornaments and stickers and I will buy all of it. I love Christmas. And then you add in BTS on top of that. Like, I, give me all of it. What are we, like, Tay Young, what are we, Tay Young, what are we waiting for? Like, I don't understand. Um, but also that Leah said that I, like, want them to sing, like, some Bon Jovi, but also some Cure in there. See, I was just thinking what song of theirs. I didn't even go into the rabbit hole of, like, what other songs, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive V knows all the words to take me to church. <laughs> Actually, another one I would love to hear him sing would be Back in Black with uh, Amy Winehouse. I bet they could do some really good Amy Winehouse covers. With yeah, that sultry not, voice of his, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, not to sell them short, because they're like not a cover band at all. But there's just something fun about hearing your favorite people do covers. Because I know that like any artist, for a while, there were four or five albums that different punk bands did to 80s rock. They'd pick a very popular 80s pop song and then they would cover it. And I love that. Like, I just think it's great. Not selling BTS short ever, but like that would, there's some songs that they could, I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's selling them short. I think it's the joy of singing in a car. Singing in a car is just such a fun thing to do. And so, yeah, I just like to think about like hanging with my, parasocial besties it's <laughs> <laughs> great well and they could they do covers they drop covers on soundcloud they do covers when they sing on uh especially jungkook on uh v lives and they love it too so it's totally something i think i could totally see them doing it and they're they're actually if anybody's looking i'll okay i need to add this to the show notes there are some videos of them and i think they're from bon voyage singing in the car so there's a little bit more not quite carpool karaoke but close i'll find those and put them in so we've kind of hinted towards members that caught our attention from this carpool karaoke episode did your carpool karaoke bias remain your bias why or why not no i'm a fickle 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 person So my bias in this was Namjoon and not just because he was like the English speaker. I just really, I came into BTS with a Namjoon affinity, but it was like his whole aesthetic of like his yellow sweater and being kind of nerdy about like watching the friends thing. And he was just kind of awkward, but trying to be cool. And that's like the Namjoon way. He is so cool always, but he is really nerdy. And so, yeah, I just super loved him. And I did not even really think of my current bias, which is Ming Yonggi Sugar, who has like very yellow blonde hair and is in like the back seat in the middle. And I just really, truly overlooked him. And weirdly, I overlooked Taehyung too. And I don't know how, because he looks really good in it, but he just didn't have a ton to do. And like the camera was really so much focusing on that, like Namjoon in the middle seat. And then Jin was pretty loud in the back seat. So you kind of like, you know, paid a little bit of attention to Jin. But yeah, I really did not pay very much attention to Min Young Gi at all, which blows my mind. But then also I'm not super surprised because every time I watch it, this is not like his time to shine. He's there and he's having fun, but I don't feel like he was, you know, he wasn't like a main character in this one. 
our backbenchers were pretty quiet in this one. Maybe just because they were in the on the backbench. <laughs> I will say that I when I the first time I watched this, I didn't have a bias at all. And the only person that I knew anything about that I knew their name was V because of the Wooga squad. Because I had gone down the Park Sojun rabbit hole in 2020 and watched like almost everything that man had been in. And so watching clips of him on TikTok or Instagram, there was Wooga squad info and I was like you know oh who's this person this person they said oh he you know someone had said he's really good friends with B from BTS so I was like oh cool so when I watched that and saw it I was like oh it's B because he's in BTS and like he's so cute whatever and then I just watched all of them together and thought oh they're all really cute neat and that's really fun that they can laugh at themselves and so I just really didn't have a bias and now I do and he would look great in that video so I mean it holds up how about you, Tanya? It started with J-Hope and it will never end. But if it ever did, it would end with J-Hope too. <laughs> There's only one man for me. <laughs> I love them all. But yeah, no, I he sucked me into his tractor beam and he's never letting go. <laughs> that smile, tractor beam. He just like shone in the carpool karaoke. He, he literally is a ray of sunlight in this. So watching it for the first time, I was like, okay, cool. I am. Like, I didn't know their names, but I you know, now I'm like, I like his energy. I like the way he raps and mic drop. And then Jungkook, I was like, mm, that, that boy is very attractive. And then V also very attractive. So I just remember sort of being blindsided by their beauty and being like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what their names are. And then obviously J-Hope was just smiling and having so much fun and hyping up JK for his solo. I was like, I love him. I love his energy. I love the way Jimin joked with James. I like Jin's little comments in the back. They all had these moments where I was like, I need to know who you are. I need to know who you are. And then Suga just so nonchalantly wrapping the intro to Black Swan. And I was like, okay, who is this? <laughs> and I that was the moment for me like he just he did it so effortlessly, and it was so beautiful and I have never looked any other direction since then I think it's really interesting I don't know if it was planned I'm sure it was planned because everything BTS is planned nothing is coincidence but like I just think it's really interesting who they had in that middle seat because like those are their biggest personalities in their middle seat like once you get to know the group more and you learn their personalities and stuff you know that's not really true everyone has a big personality when they want to but like for that particular episode I mean putting J-Hope right in the middle like your uh, your line of sight just goes right to him and he's so smiley and he's got that heart-shaped smile and it's just so cute all the time when I watched that for the first time I remember like really being focused on him just because he was in the middle and he's like so bright and shiny but then you know with any video of them I do watch it like seven times because I go back and I focus on like one member and watch them all the way through and then I go back and it, that takes a lot of time so you know I understand not everybody has that kind of time on their hands but I mean sometimes I do in the wee hours of the morning or night <laughs> but it is interesting to think how they just thought about that because they definitely did think who was going to go where Yoongi in the back seat isn't a shock to me so that makes sense Taehyung I think is just like He's such a funny, eccentric character that I think for like hitting the mainstream, I think I get why they put him in the back. Cause I mean, like he's such a visual that I'm actually kind of surprised 
he got the back corner, but at the same time, he would just as likely have been like spaced out looking out the window and doing all sorts of stuff that like, I'm not shocked that they were like, okay, look for what we've got for this 15 minutes, we're putting you back here. And then Jin, I think they knew Jin would pipe up no matter where he was. And I think he is less confident in his English at that point than the other three were. Not that Jimin and Dehobi and Jungkook were like fluent, but I think that like that also made sense to throw those three there. If you were to put V in the middle or like where Jimin or um, JK was, he would just look at the camera with like either crazy eyes or like sultry eyes. And like, you would just focus on him the whole time because you've seen it. Some videos, he's very like fun and like he's joking, he's being a clown. But then other videos, you're like, whoa, you're you're at a 10 and then you're at like a seven and a half because you're a lot right now. Yeah. And Jimin, look, Jimin can be a flirting like gold medalist, but I also think he knows when to like turn it down a little bit and go into baby mochi style. And he was doing much more of like that baby mochi, like I'm hungry, Papa. He was being like baby adorable uh, rather than like fuck boy cute. And I get like, that's where you're going to try to go with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm going to ask. I love this question. Leo put this question. I love it. What is a gas station snack in the U.S. that you'd want the members to try? Leah, go first. This was your question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, we know that they love a gas station snack, right? Um, you know, we've seen from the vlogs that JK has never seen junk food at a convenience store that he hasn't enjoyed. So that's what I was kind of thinking about. So for me, I had two and neither of these are my ones I really like, but I thought they would be fun. And one were um, Warheads because I had just recently found them again, like somewhere I, oh, on campus, somebody had like a bowl of warheads like those extra sour horrific like torture candy and I was like you know it would be really funny to watch their reactions eating it because it's truly like there's nothing good about this experience like it's just like it's not like it's sour but good it's just painful and you I guess your whole experience is to just laugh at how horrible it is and endure it so I think that would be fun and then I would also like to you know see them snap it to a slim gym I think that'd be pretty funny so the warhead thing is probably a like mental health thing that that's a thing that they used in or they use commonly in DBT therapy to help stop your racing mind. Like you eat a warhead or you hold an ice cube to like stop your brain and refocus. So that's really interesting. <laughs> um, oh, wow, my... I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. <sighs> Mine would be puppy chow and going on with the sour theme is the Harbro sour gummy bears those are I don't know what what else do you eat on the road if not those two things <laughs> what is puppy chow I don't even know it's the like rice cereal that's coated in chocolate peanut butter and powdered sugar it's super ridiculously good and makes Every- you thirsty yeah yeah everyone calls it something different I mean we my friends call it puppy chow. So I knew what you were talking about, but some people make it with peanut butter and chocolate. There's a million ways to make it, but yeah. And I, I feel like it's like a very family thing to eat. People either love puppy chow and have it all the time, like during holidays or they don't. So I feel like it might be a snack that they had like never had before. <laughs> I just feel like they'd be so fascinated by it. Like, wait, 
it's this, it's also this, but it's also this. And we know from watching like different content of theirs, when they go eat somewhere, they're doing something, how like invested they get into like what they're actually eating. Like the whole Chipotle, that clip made the rounds again. I guess it's been like a year since they did that or two years, whatever. But it's so cute because they're very invested. I, JK has the bowl. He's like, how do you eat this? What do I do with this? How do, and he's like, oh, I just pour the sauce and then I eat it great but to watch them really enjoy stuff like that like I love it so I would love to if there was only a way Allison you could make puppy chow and send it to them right like can you send Jen a care package of puppy chow like that's what I I need to to. know I would love to we didn't have puppy chow in Connecticut I missed out man I gotta try it now well when we road trip to Dallas I'll bring some okay good good thank you i want to try it now it sounds delicious mine was just cheese balls because i just want to hear jimin say cheese balls i just that's all i need in life right now is just to hear him say that as many times as possible (laughs) i want that to be my ringtone yes (laughs) i can't even say it as cute as he does i won't even try he says like (laughs) cheesy bowl i think that's how he says it cheesy Cheesy balls cheesy balls it's (laughs) It's adorable um i was gonna say mine is really random because i I was thinking about this and I thought, well, they've been to the U.S. so many times and they do road trip. And every time they're in a different city um, or town or whatever, they try all different things. So like what's something that maybe they I wanted to like wow them because that's my parasocial relationship. I'm going to wow them. Right. So thinking about this today, we were at five below and they had whatchamacallit candy bars. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but as a kid, that was my go to candy bar. I love a whatchamacallit. It's like chocolate. Well, it's like a Rice Krispie treat that's made with peanut butter with caramel, like a little thin drizzle of caramel, and it's covered in chocolate. And I think it's delicious. So I bought one for my 15-year-old daughter, and she really liked it. And so I just think they probably would have never tried that because it's not something you probably just grab off the shelf. It's not popular like a Snickers or a Reese's or something like that. So let me wow you with the whatchamacallit. I still remember those commercials. Like, <laughs> I can like sing the song. Whatchamacallit? <laughs> Actually, I thought of one other one that I think would be really fun would be the 7-Eleven Slurpees, which I'm sure they, they're 7-Eleven, right? I feel like I've seen product placement enough that we've seen 7-Eleven, but, you know, mixing mix in all those flavors. Yeah, like no one's going to take them to a subway, right? <laughs> right? I've seen a video somewhere too of Jimin getting brain freeze from ice cream or something and it's the cutest thing so I, I, feel, I feel like a slushie would give him brain freeze <laughs> yeah and no men show no never men show okay like except for hobie ever... hobie right. hobie's down with it which makes me love him more because i love mint chocolate so <laughs> me too yep he's on team mint chocolate <laughs> unlike namjoon we know <laughs> that clip of namjoon being so sad that it wasn't pistachio ice cream lives in my brain rent free i'm like somebody just get this man pistachio ice cream <laughs> i agree i mean i don't hate mint chocolate but it is not i mean pistachio is far superior in my book so i get the pain <laughs> i just always feel like hasn't he suffered enough how could you not have his ice cream hasn't he suffered enough get that man his ice cream and it, that was one of his best puppy faces ever i think <laughs> So in um, Carpool Karaoke, you know, James Corden doesn't like, he interviews them a bit, but they don't get like, go like super deep. But he does, this is when they were still all living in the dorm together, or at least for like all fan purposes. Like, I don't, I'm not exactly sure, like 
when they moved into their apartments. But I think we're kind of in like that gray area. So he's like, you know, you all live together. They're like, yes, we do. He's like, so obviously you must have had some like horrific fights in your day. And they're like, yes, yes. And he's like, so who fights the most? And they said Jimin and V, which is really funny because I think having absorbed now like so much content, I wouldn't say that like that's my go-to bicker pair. So I feel like it was an interesting call out. But he was like, okay, what do you fight about? And it was dumplings. So we know a little bit about the dumpling situation. And it's famous enough that it even gets a mention in the V and Jimin subunit song, Friends. So who wants to tell a little bit about what the dumpling fight is apparently about, at least as they share it? I feel like there's more to the story, but you know, that's fine. We're just going to go with what we know. No speculation. What I recall hearing, and please correct me if I get any of this wrong, but they were at dance practice. One of them, V, I think v it was Tay, yeah, yeah, brought dumplings to eat. This is the literal version, right? Like, <laughs> we don't know what really happened. Was really hungry and wanted to eat them right away. And Jimin said, no, we need to practice first and then you can eat. And they had a big argument about it and they didn't talk for a while. And Tay ran off and I guess Jimin might have followed him later. And anyway, it was a big, a big deal to the point where when you watch carpool karaoke you can see a look flash across their faces when the dumpling incident comes up that is not an entirely happy look <laughs> like why are we bringing this up in this happy situation so you know, like you said i i'm not going to speculate but it, there must have been more to it than that this must be like the sanitized public version of the story rumor has it they didn't talk for two weeks over it that's a long time when you're living with somebody and touring with them and doing all of that thinking about that and the they're pretty besties. I mean, they're part of that Macne line and they were like early on in the game. So they might've even been going to like school together at that point. Cause you know, we know that they were in the same grade or whatever. So whatever it was, whatever dumplings mean, I just don't think you don't talk to someone for <laughs> weeks over like that level of a fight, but I don't know. And then was this also tied up in, we also know one of the other fights that they don't get into in carpool karaoke, but there was another fight that Jimin apparently recorded on his phone where he fought with JK and then they like met up in a park in the rain and JK was crying over it and Jimin started filming him and I think it was a offshoot potentially to the dumpling fight someone could tell me if I'm wrong but I believe it happened around the same time so that's what I've heard and those are the videos that I've seen and it's like a very touchy subject and I would have to go back and watch but I believe in the run episode we got post-Festa when they all go to places that when they're having their memories. Yes. Um, Jimin is sitting with RM and he says, that's where I found JK that time he was crying after we got in a fight. And RM was like, oh, you guys were such kids or like something to that effect. Yeah. I've heard this rumor. And Jimin um, imitates Jungkook calling him. Yes. And he was like, no, no, like not answering, like being all mean on the phone. It's like JK was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he was like, he imitates how he was like being all like mean on the phone. Like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I have a theory though. I feel like early on, because like when you watch the really early content, I feel like they might have gotten in physical altercations with each other where they like put hands on each other. They, they were like fighting with their fists. Because we've talked about this and like the symbolism or whatever, especially like with their logo, how their logo changed or whatever. But like, I feel like it's such a 
masculine time to be in BTS when they first started out, that maybe like that testosterone just got the better of them and they actually got in a fist fight. I don't know. But those two fights to me just seem, I agree with Leah, like there's so much we don't know, but also I don't, I can't imagine like living with someone and not talking to them for two weeks and watching their content. I wonder if Jimin was like, J-Hope, tell V that I am not going to go on the eighth count. I'm going to go on the four count. What was that like? Were they like using each other by proxy? Like V's like, well, guess what, Yoongi? I'm not talking to Jimin. So you tell him if he wants, I just, that's what I imagine in my head. Because how, it's like siblings. Like, how do you, well, I'm not talking to you. Well, I'm not talking to you either. Okay, fine. We're not talking to each other. I don't know. I know that they now do have much healthier communication and they have talked about how that was hard one. And so Jin Jin just dropped us a message. Jin? A video no. a, a Captain Ree video message. Oh my god. I'm gonna go cry now. What's it on? They just dropped it on Weverse, but it's on YouTube. It's on Bangtan TV. Somebody was watching Crash Landing on You and was like, I got that great idea. <laughs> yeah. So just to pick it back up with the fights, yes. They have talked about how their communication has much improved. They definitely have figured out a lot, which is part of why we like them. And they've come a long way from one of the only other fights I really know about, which is where Yoongi threw a hat at Namjoon and talks about it. So look, I don't know how you wouldn't want to murder people you were with all the time, even if they were as delightful as being in BTS with each other, but they obviously have come through it. And, you know, it's like family. I mean, you can go through some of the interviews and you just see it on their face. In some of the interviews or some of the contents, one of them will say something in the background and you look at the other members and their face just like reveals it all. They're like, oh, you've got to be kidding me right now. So like, I mean, I'm sure it's not all wine and roses all the time, but I just think it's fascinating. Like Leah always says, it's like the Truman Show. They literally have been living like the Truman Show lifestyle for almost 10 years. And I'm fascinated by that, that they just have content for hours and hours at a time. And they're doing like, like in the soup, they're playing video games. And we're like, yes, let's watch all of it. Let's watch all 10 hours of it. And I'm fascinated by that. Can I just interject to say he's, he just said that he is recording videos for us so that he can leave us a message once every few months. And he says, by the time you get this, I'll be in the military. And I'm just like, sorry it's too much <laughs> it's too much <laughs> it's a lot yeah it is okay so non-june learned english in part by watching friends jen and sugar in the backseat both agreed while they enjoyed friends it didn't teach them english as k-drama watchers has it helped your korean skills or not so much are we a non-june or are we you know <laughs> jen and sugar and taehyung in the backseat most definitely not a Namjoon. I've watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of K-drama at this point, and Anyang, that's about it. <laughs> I, like many of us, I've picked up lots of words and phrases, but I think for me, it's just the patterns, right? The speech patterns and the intonations have become so familiar that I like hearing them all the time. So I think that's what I've picked up the most. What about you, Leah? I mean... I would like to think that I have uh, absorbed more than I have. (laughs) Yeah, I've got some phrases, I've got some words, but for the amount, I would love to do the math and go back and like, look at all the shows I've watched and then see how much of my life I've spent, you know, absorbing Korean 
language and how much has not penetrated into my brain at all because it's a lot. Although in fairness, Nam Jun just didn't sit and watch Friends, apparently, according to him on the show and like get it. It was watching it with subtitles. Then like, you know, like he talked about like the different steps that he did to doing it. And that's when like Yungi kind of is even like a little bit like funny, just like, yeah, he like watched it to study. <laughs> um, I have only picked up words and phrases. I've been watching since mid 2020. And you would think that I, like the rest of us, we think, oh, we'll pick it up really easily. And I have not. It's not easy. I have so much respect for anyone that is a English learner um, or anyone that is currently an English speaker or learning Korean, like hats off to you because I've tried, I've listened, I've looked at things and it just doesn't work in my brain right now. I will say though that I watch K-drama now and I will comment or like make a comment in Korean, because I know what's coming just from like the patterns or like, you kind of know, like they're going to say way, or they're going to say like, Hey, or, you know, whatever. And so I have done that where I am finishing sentences and I laugh at myself because I was like, Oh my gosh, you totally knew that was coming. Like it's predictable or whatever. We got a cat last summer. And while, when we got her, I was watching strong woman do bong soon. And all they talked about was like friends, chingu, this chingu, your chingu. And I called, started calling my cat chingu. And it's stuck. So we all call her that now. Her name's Dolly, but we we call her Chingu. So it's fun and I love it. And I love watching K-drama. I'm watching them right now, watching two at the same time right now. And I I love being able to pick up the phrases, but like cold asking me a phrase, I wouldn't be able to do that. There's no way. One, one thing that really jumped out at me when I first started watching K-dramas was honorifics because you can hear them so they're so prominent in the sentence structure and they're so repetitive sounding to a foreign ear. Um, and it, it was great, though, because I got so curious about it that it was a gateway to learning more about the culture. And now, of course, we can all hear when people in dramas drop honorifics or add honorifics or when they're being less formal or more formal. So it's a nice little window in. I honestly think I know more Thai than I do Korean. Cause, and that I don't tracks. know that I've watched more Thai dramas than Korean. Like if you were to count up the hours of both but I, I could probably say more in Thai than I can agree. well the one thing I noticed too and it, it didn't take me very long to realize this but and from like research I've done and stuff you know there's sounds that we make in English that don't exist in Korean and I don't know if that's for all Asian languages or just Korean in particular but I noticed that like they don't make the ph sound like we do like um asphalt they say it differently there's like not really a sound for Z. So like Z is a really hard part of our dialect for them to get. And it goes vice versa because taking like Min Yoongi's name as an example, Yoongi, I was watching a video where they're like, yeah, Yoongi, but then sometimes it's Yoongi, like K-I at the end. And it has to do with like the dialect. So to me, that's the challenge. And I think the challenge goes both ways for anyone learning English, but also if you're trying to learn another language but specifically that we're talking about Korean for me some of the sounds don't exist in English like to me like the way that phonetically the way they sound and what I've noticed too is from years of you know 40 I'm almost 45 years of talking English my mouth doesn't move that way so it's like I would have to retrain and I think that part of learning the language is you have to like retrain your lips and your tongue to like make those sounds. Um, so I have a lot of respect for people that are able to do that because 
I just don't know that that's ever going to be me. I wish, but I just don't think that's ever going to be me. So we've been talking about carpool karaoke, which of course is a, a regular feature on James Corden's show. And many of you may have heard he got in big trouble with Army one time. Does anybody know the story about that and want to share it? If I remember the story correctly, he called out Army as being just teenage girls and Army was not pleased about that. So he got in some some hot water with them at that point. And I think he even went on later when they went back to his show, like he was like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, you don't mess with Army. <laughs> I think Namjoon even queued it up with him. <laughs> Didn't he? He might have even said screaming girls, which is even worse. I can't remember for sure, but he might have said that. And, and, and then I, when he was like, thank you for your apology. And he's like, I'm not apologizing. And then they just moved on. But he even tried to say he wasn't apologizing because he was trying, oh, badly done, James. Wasn't there something like he was apologizing to Namjoon and Namjoon was, didn't he say something like, it's not me you should be apologizing to or something like that? Like He just said, we accept your apology. On and behalf. then James oh. Corden was like, we're not, I'm not apologizing. And then they just Oh, moved. okay. Now I remember. Yeah. Oh boy. It was like such a boss move. Like, I love that. But he just it was like... a boss move, but it was also like Namjoon saving him. Yeah. True. He, Which didn't, he, didn't he still didn't get the memo. He didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> I mean, now that like months later, I've read articles where like he's super problematic in his like personal life, which is whatever his show. I don't even think he's this show still on or he's got like one more season, something like that. The joke was, and I'm not going to get the joke right, but the joke had something to do with how, if I remember correctly, Billboard was changing the way they were ma- they were doing charting. And the joke was something about, well, they shouldn't have to worry about that because they, their only fans are like teenage screaming teenage girls or something like that. Something to that effect as if they don't have to worry about it because they're not going to sell any records anyways because the only people that like them are teenage girls. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. I hate to break it to you, but that's that's not where that is. Sorry. That's, that's pretty bad. There have been a few other talk show hosts, too, that have gotten in hot water uh, with ARMY. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres for pressing them about their dating lives repeatedly, going into that personal space. Uh, that was a gross one because it she was, was like, a gross one. hooked up with a fan. That was nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't let them off the hook, too. She wanted an answer. That was pretty bad. There have been a few jokes. I don't remember who it was. I think I just I get that. Like, that's what late night talk shows do. They like make celebrities the butt of the joke but when you're making the butt of the joke at the expense of who they are and where they come from I don't like that and there was a late night talk show host that made a joke about BTS and them being from Asia Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't watch your show anymore and not just because it's BTS but like specifically because if it it was anybody I just don't think that's funny joke about their act joke about the song joke about the screaming fans that's fine but it really bothers me when a comedian is joking about like who they are and like where they come from and that just yeah. ooh, ooh, bothered me yeah. so, so badly one came up that apparently happened several months ago in australia where a british comedian who was on an australian um, pop culture show 20 to 1 and, and he said when i first heard something korean had exploded in america i got worried it's sort of a North Korea joke, I think, but boy, did that fall flat. Wow. Yeah. And Army took, you know, Army did their thing. They took him to task on Twitter, just like they did with uh, James Corden. Listen, like, don't mess with Army. 
because mm-hmm. the whole thing recently, I mean, it's been a while since we recorded together. And like, when I say it's been a while, it's only been like three or four weeks, but like two years have happened in army time. That's base. I mean, so many things have happened, but the whole thing about the monk leaking the Nam June's visit, TikTok was on fire. And when I say TikTok was on fire, like they made a joke of it, but like some people were very serious about like, well, what do we do about this? Who do we write to? What like what a writing campaign do we have to do? Because Army is very particular, which I really like because there are lots of fandoms out there. But what I do like about Army is how protective they are of their privacy. And what I'm finding now going forward in this Army life or being a fan is that those people that are not respecting the privacy, those fans that aren't protecting the privacy, they're getting a lot of heat for that. And I don't blame them because at this point, when they invite us in, they invite us in. And when we're not invited, we're not invited. And I feel like that's just a really clear boundary for everybody involved. And like parasocial relationship aside, you know, that's parasocials for us. Their real life is for them. And this whole thing only works if we respect those boundaries. If we stop, then the whole thing's going to break down. Okay, so next question is, what's another American late night classic with BTS? Something that you consider to be a classic? I think the, and I know I'm stealing this from (laughs) from you guys, but it it just is so endearing when they were playing hide and seek on Jimmy Fallon with Ashton Kutcher. Like, that was immediately what came to mind when I read this question. I just remember them like running around and just like gathering each other up and just like having so much fun. And Ashton Kutcher is kind of hilarious. Okay. But Ashton Kutcher picked up Jin as if he was a body pillow and threw him over his shoulder like nothing and carried him out back to the main stage. And like, I understand Ashton Kutcher is like a tall man, whatever, but like, Jim is not small he's it's not like he picked up Jim in and like carried him like a bait I mean he just hefted him over his shoulder and I have to wonder like Ashton what do you bench press because I, he's 6'2 and Jin is what 5'10 five, 5 no he's a 5'11 somewhere in there so I think Ashton has some some muscles on him whereas our our BTS members are a little bit more uh Light. Yes, they're light. <laughs> like they're very svelte. They're very they're svelte. very svelte. But like worldwide shoulders doesn't weigh ninety pounds. That's that is a lot. To I feel like that's a lot to be carrying. But yeah, that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, she just picked him up and threw him. The other thing I love about that because that was on my list too. Like that stands out to me. I love watching that clip. Um, my daughter Mackenzie and I watch that clip a lot because we just love it. But the other thing is JK hiding in plain sight is so fucking on brand for him. Like I, every time it makes me laugh. I know it's coming. I know exactly where he is. But the fact that they walk by that man how many times and nobody notices. I love so it. Good. I love it. So good. He's just too cool for words. He really is. <laughs> he can do anything. Golden Macne for a reason, right? I think for me that it's the Crosswalk concert, which is another James Corden. And what's really struck me about it was it was so fun and their performance was amazing. I can't believe they did that in the middle of the street and people are just sitting there in their cars going, oh my gosh. But what I would die. Yeah. For for some reason, what struck me was that, you know, when the traffic light would change, they would have to quick push all the sets off of the street so the traffic could flow. 
And the guys, I didn't know them well yet because I had just walked, watched Carpool Karaoke and I was like, I want to see more. I want to see more. So I watched the Crosswalk concert and they were helping to pull the sets away. They were running around frantically trying to help. And I was like, they they are humble kings. <laughs> that that was when I realized what, you know, that, that was just such a strong clue to me of the kind of people that they were. It was so symbolic. I thought that they were running around so earnestly helping without being asked to do that. It wasn't their job. So yeah, that, it just struck me. Yeah. That's also a fun clip because you get so much of their personalities in that clip too. Like, I don't know what it is about them and James Corden. Like it really brings out their personality, but from that clip, you also get the part where like, it, they're like, this is where you're performing. Like you're having like a, um, in residence here for the next five days. <laughs> they're all, this is a crosswalk. <laughs> like we're next to a gas station, that part. And then at the end, there's this whole part and Jin says it all in Korean. They're subtitled, but he said something that affect like James Corden's the best. He cares about the environment so much. Look, we're outside, like in the fresh air or whatever. It's like, it's so good. I love it so much. They, um, they were really having fun with their little slapstick moment. It's yeah. Being so cute. <laughs> Which is like my favorite thing about them is like the slapstick. But I will say, I know Leah kind of hinted to it in the beginning that like for most people, carpool karaoke is their gateway. But for me, it wasn't. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But my gateway was Butter on the Bridge. Jimmy Fallon, late night with Jimmy Fallon, Butter on the Bridge. We'll put it in the show notes. I was like, what is his name? And what is his name? And what does he do for a living? And what's his favorite color? And what's his astrological sign? And what's his birthday? What to say overwhelmed couldn't keep up. If they weren't wearing different colors, I wouldn't have been able to keep up because it was just like, I had to watch it so many times. And I was like, okay, He's wearing a blue shirt, but like this guy's in this color. And what is he doing? And why? And who? And how? And wait, no, wait, go back, go back. And so that was my butter on the bridge, late night with Jimmy Fallon. As I think it was still pandemic because there was like nobody there. It's just them. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And they look fantastic. It's also um when V has his broccoli hair, which is my favorite. So yeah. That's, that was the one for me. And it stands out. If I want to watch something super fun, that only second now clip, if you like are on the fence about being ARMY, just go look for run BTS dance practice. You won't be on the fence anymore. That's very true. That dance practice is magical. Yeah. So are there other iconic moments to hook new ARMY fans? I think the on performances, both the one in Grand Central and in California, I don't remember where they filmed that other one. Like both of those are just incredible. I told the story before, but like on my dad's 75th birthday, he was down visiting me and my husband and I pulled, <laughs> pulled BTS up and I was like, okay, now we're watching BTS. Happy birthday, dad. And it was the on performance when they were in New York. People are so impressed by that one. I've heard, and I've heard from some of our listeners in the in the chats. Whenever we've posted anything about carpool karaoke, people will chime in and say, "Oh, this is what got me hooked," or "This is what got me hooked." And a few, one of the big ones that comes up often is the on, the, especially the kinetic manifesto video, the one at the dam in California is so dramatic and, and big and over the top. Um, and some other listeners have said the dynamite music video probably the need for that in the pandemic uh the no more dream dance break i mean come on the legendary and we recently had a, a brand new army 
uh, wrote and said that for them, it was something recent that they saw because they're just getting on board with the fandom right now. And it was when the members carried Jin on their arms into the fact music awards and they were acting like they were security and everything. It just really blew her away. I think how, how sweet it was and, and how lovely they are together. So those were some of the ones we heard from our, from our listeners. And for me, I think one of the big ones was um, the 2018, I think it is M- MMAs. I think it was the Milan music awards and not the MAMAs where they performed idol and they were wearing um, a designer that included a lot of traditional fabrics and they were like modern hanbok and they did the j-hope did the drum dance jimin did the fan dance and jungkook did the mask dance and that was such it was so gorgeous it was so moving the way that they were uh so proud of and showing their culture and i i it was one of the earlier things that i saw of theirs luckily and it just showed me that they were on again on a level of their own that there was no category that they could put be put into and that they were the greatest that's such a good clip. I didn't see that for months. Like I had been a fan and it. I think one of you sent it in our group chat and I was blown away by that because I knew what they could do. Like I'd seen their award show things and their night show, like their late night things and, you know, their bong tong bombs and run and all that kind of stuff. And then I saw that. And I think another reason why I feel like I'm such a big fan is because I'm Gen X. And I grew up with MTV and like MTV is not the MTV I grew up with today. When you go on MTV, it's not the MTV that I remember when I was a kid. And what I love about BTS is they do music videos. They do big production, telling a story music videos. And I love that. And they also do that when they perform at award shows and things. And so that's another thing I love about them is that you really do get that story. And, you know, sometimes they go a little over my head and that's okay. I still enjoy them, but I do love that whole, like, we're dropping a music video. Like when J-Hope dropped his music video, I was so excited. I was like, he's dropping a music video. I haven't been excited about a music video and I don't know how long <laughs> I'm so old. Like this is like MTV days. So I just love that. And I think that really helps with the content too, because you can go back and you can see where they started and how they evolved into like what they're doing today, which I think is really important. And the other thing is that if you haven't seen them in concert yet and you want an idea of what it's like, you have Disney plus go for it. Is that the way they shot that for Disney plus is amazing. It's cinematic and it's, it's wonderful. And as a fan that has seen them in concert, you get a lot of what's going on backstage. But as if you had never been able to see them in concert, watching that, concert on disney plus i mean it's gorgeous and that is what they do that's what they look like and when they're out of breath they really are out of breath (laughs) that really does happen on stage so i just think it was beautifully shot and it's for any army or any fan that's like one thing that you really should if you have disney plus you should really watch i still get teary-eyed watching permission to dance like on disney plus and i've seen it live i've seen it in the theater i've seen it on disney plus i've seen permission to dance many times and i still tear up when I watch it on Disney Plus because they shot it so beautifully. It's so fun. Something you just said, Megan, a second ago reminded me of a video I just saw on YouTube. So I'll add it to our list. And it is them performing at one of the big awards shows a few years ago. I think it was around 2019 or so. And they were performing Idol when Idol was their big release. And they are dancing so hard 
I don't know if any of you have seen this video. They are dancing so hard that there are people under the stage holding it up because they're afraid it's going to collapse. And there are other stars, celebrities in the wings of the stage, like we often see at these awards shows where the fans can see them. And the bleachers that they're sitting on are shaking so hard that they're looking at each other like, oh my gosh, it's going to collapse. That's how hard they were dancing. That's how intense their performances are. It's bonkers. I want to talk really quickly about the 2016 uh, Mamas where Jimin um, did the blindfolded dance with Hobie. Have you watched this one where they did a mirror dance? And so they're doing the exact same moves, but Jimin's blindfolded the whole time. And yeah, <laughs> Tanya just did that like brain exploding gesture. And that's exactly how it feels watching it. It is bananas. But I think like that's one of the things about them is that if you are someone who appreciates any type of music, musical theater, Broadway, dance, anything like that, you have such a appreciation for what they do because they are so in sync most of the time. Like I remember watching Trevor Noah, like behind, I don't know what they call it. It's like behind the camera or behind the scenes, whatever Trevor Noah does. And he was back at the Daily Show after the Grammys because he hosted the Grammys. And someone in the audience was like, what was it like to be BTS? And he was like, oh my God, they're great. They're humble. They're so nice. They're like all of these things. And then he said, and they work so hard. He's like, I remember the boy bands when I was growing up and we just got like stale, like no offense. He, he says no offense to NSYNC, but like, it's different. It's totally different. And he's right. It is. It's totally different. And the amount of work, you know, as you devour content, you watch their dance practices, you watch the things that they're doing. That is their life. When you say that is their job, that is their job. And I'm sure most mus musicians do that. We're just not privy to it like we are with BTS. They work so hard doing what they're doing. And I appreciate that. Um, but it also blows my mind that they, are, they were so young when they started and that they've been doing that type of rigorous work for close to 10 years. Um, and I think that says a lot about their work ethic. And I think that says a lot about who they are as people. And I understand like a lot of the discussion now at Festa, how they feel like they were almost like that burnout phase, you know, like, where are we? Who are we? What are we doing? And so I just respect that because I can't imagine working at that pace for that long and turning out the kind of content that they did and being that successful with everything. Because We've seen it with other musicians where it's like, oh, they have these three really great albums. And then like the fourth one was like, mm, that's okay. That's not our best work, you know? And it's like, not them, <laughs> not them, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> Another iconic moment that, that we wanted to mention that, that Leah reminded us of is the, it's another James Corden and it's the flinch sketch where they have to stand behind the partition and he basically distracts them and then suddenly hits a switch and the these vegetables fly off the screen and explode everywhere. And the reactions are so hilarious and so on brand with all their personalities. But I think that the one that, that Leah wanted us to remind each other of the most was Young is so badass. Like he, he doesn't even blink his eyes. And if you haven't seen it yet, you just have to see it for that. And ever since then, I have had mad respect for him. And I'm just like, no matter what he does, he's a badass. <laughs> and I would never want to fight him because that's, he's a strong, strong person mentally. <laughs> he's no joke. That whole thing. I, I mean, even if I knew it was coming, I would still flinch. Like once it hit the screen, I think I would still like jump back at least a little bit. And the fact that he doesn't move at all. And like JK barely moves. It's like a baby flinch. Like he kind of, oh, 
I'm surprised. The other ones are just like, I think Hobie like went in the audience. Like he just floated <laughs> away. He's like, he ejected himself from the stage. <laughs> really does. It's so hard just to talk about one specific thing with them because once you are in the rabbit hole, it just reminds you of like so many other things. But yes, that James Corden, I like what he did with his show. I thought his late night show was always very interesting. They were always doing something in the same breath of I'm a huge Jimmy Fallon fan. I have been since his SNL years. Um, and I love what he does with the show. Like when they do like the having them sing it was Ariana Grande. So she had to sing like a nursery rhyme, but as Celine Dion, like he does those kinds of things. And I think those are so interesting. And I would love to see like BTS do that. I've said before, I say in our group chat at least once a week, Saturday Night Live missed the mark of having these seven men host and be the musical guest because they are hilarious. And when you see them on Korean variety shows and Korean talk shows, they're hilarious. They can carry a skit, guys. Like they can act, they can sing, they can be in on the joke. Like I, who do I call? Producers at SNL, hear my plea. You're missing an opportunity. Not only where everyone's going to tune in around the world, but they're hilarious. They're just so funny. You can go back and watch all the Jimmy Fallon clips that BTS is on. There's a really good one where they're like in the subway. They're talking like in a subway car um, and they talk about like a whole bunch of stuff. But my favorite parts of them when they were on Jimmy Fallon is he's greeting all of them. They all come out from behind the curtain and they're going up on stage to sit on like the couches and the um, bar stools or whatever they have out for them. And he's greeting every single one. And Jimin walks by him, was like, hey, hey, hi, nice to meet you, whatever, or nice to see you, because they met before. And he goes to sit down, and then he realizes that Jimmy Fallon is wearing a chimney headband. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, he's wearing a chimney headband. And then Jimin goes back and hugs Jimmy, and then he, like, falls on the floor laughing, and everyone's laughing because it's so obvious who Jimmy Fallon's bias is. And I just love that. Like, I love when they get that kind of recognition, and I love when they get they're recognized in that way. And it just, it makes it fun for everyone, including ARMY. So if you get the chance, you can, I think there's like a whole hour compilation of just their clips with Jimmy Fallon. Like if you go to Jimmy Fallon's, um, you just put like BTS Jimmy Fallon and it'll come up because I do it all the time. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, in summation, we think that if you have not seen Carpool Karaoke, add it to your watch list. It is a worthy moment in BTS history, especially for how they have really just begun this like exponential growth within the Western markets. I think that it's part of that rise. And I think it really did help give them a big boom. I mean, so many people that we have talked to, and if you just go online and like read through different chat boards, this was very pivotal for folks in the West uh, to see Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Borahe. All right, guys. Borahe. 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 Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight, K-Drama Deep Dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.